Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded August 9th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, we highlight the most interesting chart we saw last week, the most interesting question we got last week, and some noteworthy shifts were seen in some of the high-frequency indicators we track in terms of both investor sentiment and politics. Three big things you need to know. First, the most interesting chart highlights how recession talk among S&P 500 companies is back to 2020 highs. Second, the most interesting question we got last week was on the 1% stock buyback tax in the Inflation Reduction Act. And third, our sentiment indicators, which have been a contrarian buy signals for stocks for quite some time, are showing signs of healing, which is a positive for the market. But some of our polling indicators on the political side are starting to shift in a way that's unfriendly for stocks and are telling us that we need to keep a close eye on the midterms. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other major platforms. Now the details. Takeaway number one. The most interesting chart we saw last week highlights how recession talk among S&P 500 companies is back to pandemic highs, based on our transcript review. Digging deeper, two things jump out to us. First, recession commentary previously peaked in February 2016, just as stocks bottomed in the industrial earnings recession of 2015-16, as well as May 2020, shortly after stocks bottomed in March. It remains to be seen if July 2022 will mark another high for the recession chatter. But if this data does start to retreat, we can add it to the list of other contrarian buy sentiment signals in our arsenal. Second, the sector that's seen recession commentary spike the most has actually been financials, with moves higher by the consumer, industrials, tech, and REIT sectors as well. But our review of financials earnings call transcripts suggests to us that while recession is a hot topic, many are not seeing eminent signs of a downturn and are highlighting the strength of consumer balance sheets. In other sectors, a lot of the commentary on recession also appears to be centered on how companies are prepared to weather the economic storm when it arrives. Moving on to takeaway number two, our early thoughts on the 1% stock buyback tax that's part of the Inflation Reduction Act. After a long year focused on the Fed and whether or not the U.S. will tip into recession, we confess that we got pretty excited late last week when we were asked about our thoughts on this issue. It's nice to have something else to talk about. We'll know more after companies start discussing it on earnings calls and at conferences, but for now a few quick thoughts. First off, based on discussions with our industry analysts when this was floated in the past, as well as discussions late last week, we don't see a major impact on companies' buyback plans at this point. One analyst told us his companies are highly motivated to buy back shares given how cheap they believe their stock prices are, so this is unlikely to impact their planning. Another told us that while their companies may grumble about this initiative publicly, it's unlikely to impact planning since dividends are more permanent and tougher to back away from. Another analyst wondered if their companies might accelerate buyback activity in the near term before the tax takes effect. For those with a more negative view, we have been highlighting our chart showing which sectors are most active in reducing their share counts over the last year. Along with tech, financials, materials have been highly active. Other quick thoughts are that no buyback benefit is baked to our own earnings forecast for the S&P 500 at the moment. Also, at the margin, we can see some companies shifting to dividends, and we wonder if renewed focus on that might benefit higher yielding sectors like energy. We'll wrap up with takeaway number three. 
Our sentiment indicators are showing signs of healing, but the high-frequency political indicators we track are starting to shift in a way that's not friendly to the stock market. While we remain concerned that earnings expectations for the second half of 2022, as well as 2023, haven't come down enough, one thing that has kept us in the constructive camp for the stock market has been how deeply depressed investor sentiment has been. What we see now are clear signs of healing in the investor sentiment work. This is true for retail investors in the AAII survey, where net bullishness is starting to pick up after hitting financial crisis lows. This is also true for asset managers in the weekly CFTC positioning data, where net equity futures positioning is starting to pick up after hitting 2015-2016 lows, which also happen to be all-time lows. Additionally, recovery in Bitcoin, which has become correlated to the S&P and tends to bottom at the same time as the stock market, is also a positive for stocks. And we also like what we're seeing in terms of performance among popular hedge fund names. We've been starting to see these outperform again, dating back to May 24th. This is important because back in 2018, we actually started to see the most popular hedge fund stocks outperform about a month before the market bottomed. It's also worth noting that stabilization and high-frequency economic barometers like OpenTable and back-to-work metrics are positive for stocks by supporting the short, shallow recession and economic resilience narrative for now. All that being said, one thing we're starting to see shift in a negative stock market way is the political polling data. What we're seeing there is that Democrats are starting to close the gap with Republicans in the generic congressional ballot. Betting markets are also now expecting the Democrats to retain control of the Senate, though they do expect Republicans to take the House. This all comes alongside better-than-expected turnout in some of the recent primaries. So why do we care about all this? What it's telling me in terms of stocks is that the consensus political outlook is starting to be questioned. Many investors we've been talking to in recent months have expected Republicans to take control of both the House and the Senate this fall. And that's been good news for the stock market, as the combination of a Democratic president and a split or Republican Congress has typically been one of the best environments for stock market returns over time. We've also been talking to investors about how a good showing for Republicans in the midterms this fall might help stabilize consumer sentiment, since Republicans have been feeling worse than Democrats in the University of Michigan survey. A good result for Republicans this fall could also give them momentum heading into the 2024 presidential race, particularly since Democrats have been looking divided, with nearly two-thirds saying in a recent poll that they don't want Biden to be the nominee next time. The bottom line here, the midterms are usually a positive catalyst for stocks, but politics are getting messy for the stock market. The assumption that November will go well for the Republicans may soon be called into question, given what we're seeing in the political polling data and the betting markets, providing yet another reason for stocks to turn volatile in the months ahead. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, for thoughts on specific sectors from RBC's team of industry analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives. Music